Hi, we are talking to amazing people in construction and education about recruitment, training, and retention. Welcome to the Builders Table. I'm your host, Jennifer Wilkerson. Today, I have a fabulous guest with us. I have Holly Thomas, who is a technical professional leader um, at KBR. And so welcome, Holly. Thank you. I'm glad to be here. It's so great. I'm so excited talking to you. Holly and I have known each other through the years, and I, I'm such a huge fan of hers. I'm a fan of you know everything you've been able to accomplish. So I'd love for you just to tell us a little bit about your career path and how you ended up and, and what this technical professional leader position is. Okay, so I actually got started um, in community college. I was enrolled taking a robotics program. Um, which whenever I first signed up for was far-fetched for me to even think that I'd be as a, as a welder later on in my career. But one of the required classes for the robotics program was a welding class. And that was so that if we were in the field or in a manufacturing environment, programming robots, performing welding operations, then we would understand uh, what that, how to make that weld or what that weld needed to look like so that we could program the robot to do it right. So I didn't think that I would really be interested in welding. So I put that, that class off there to the, to the very end of my uh, college career. I get to my last semester of college and I signed up for this welding class and I reluctantly start the class and I fell in love with it. So now I'm at an impasse. I've, I'm in my last semester of college. I can take this last semester and graduate and go to work or I can stay in college a few more semesters, get a welding certificate and I can go and do something for a career that I found that I'm passionate about. So after many discussions with my parents, um, I decided that I would just stay in school. So I graduated with a degree in robotics. I've never used it to this day. Uh, and I got a short-term certificate in welding and went straight into the industrial construction industry as a welder. So from there, I've, I've progressed uh, quite a bit in my career. I've been in industrial construction now for 13 years. I started as a, a structural welder uh, and then moved up through the ranks of welding. So I moved up to pipe welding and then went into tube welding for a boiler group. Uh, and then from there, I got my um, CWI, my Certified Welding uh, Inspector Certification, and moved over into the quality department. Um, and I spent four years as a QC. Um, and the first year of that, I was a field entry-level QC. And then for the last three years of that, that QC um, experience, I was like a lead inspector role, which is one step down from the management role. And then after my, my fourth year of quality, I was actually offered a uh, quality manager position um, for the company that I worked for. And I ended up turning it down um, because I felt like I needed to go beyond that. And I didn't want to get stuck in a manager role at a young age and be, be there until retirement. So I turned that down and went over into um, a division of the company I work for, KBR. Um, it's called Technical Services. And this, this group is like a liaison between construction and engineering. Um, so I started over in Technical Services Department in 2019 and have gained a lot of experience in different roles in tech services um, that has really helped um, hone my skills of managing subcontractors uh, from a management role, um, which has led me now into the position I'm in, technical uh, professional leader, which is just a, a fancy title, if you will. But basically, I'm a construction supervisor for for a client. I'm acting as a, a client representative managing contractors in the field. 
Wow, it's so incredible everything that you've been able to do from going from robotics and community college to finding welding. So I'm going to start with that. Like, what what was it that appealed to you about welding? I tell you what, the the first day that I was able to strike an arc, I, I flipped that welding hood down, and I struck that arc, and I was nervous as all get out because I didn't know what to expect. I mean, I was sitting there making fire, and I didn't know if I was going to get burned or if I was going to do it right or if I had many people watching me. So I was nervous as I'll get out. But once I got over that nervousness and was able to actually run a good bead, welding bead across that plate I was working on, everything else kind of drowned out. Um, Everything else in my life that was going on um, just washed away. And all I was focused on was that weld that was in front of me. And, and getting it right and making sure my arms were in the right position and my angle of my rod was right. And when I got done with it, I flipped my hood up and it actually looked good. So I was surprised and, and excited at the same time. So I just fell in love with it. And, and ever since then, every weld I've ever made, as soon as you flip that hood down, everything else washes away. And the only thing that's on your mind that you're focused on is that weld that's right in front of you, which has been the most joyous part of welding for me. That is so amazing. I mean, how important do you think it is for people to be that connected with what they do on a daily basis? Well, I think it's extremely important. I've always said, and and many people before me have said the same thing, it's extremely important for you as a young professional to find something that you're passionate about and make a career out of it. And that's exactly what I did. And, And at the time, I was too young to understand that mentality, but now I understand it. And it's extremely important for young professionals seeking a career opportunity to find something that they're passionate about and make a career out of it. And were there particular people along this amazing career path that you've had that um, influenced you, that mentored you, that helped you be able to exceed to the point that you are now? Oh, absolutely. I've I've had several mentors in my career and I've been very fortunate to have the people uh, touch my life in the ways that they have. And I think that I've had different mentors at different stages of my career progression. So obviously my first mentor ever uh, through welding would be my instructor at the college that I was in. And he really mentored me through that welding learning process and then mentored me through what to expect on my first uh, welding assignment in my career. And then once I got on a job site, um, I gained another mentor, which was my, my foreman over that crew who kind of, helped me as a, as a real green employee, if you will, through the construction industry and kind of learn um, the do's and the don'ts of, of working on a job site. And then once I started progressing in, in welding, I gained another mentor that kind of helped, uh, helped me own my skills in pipe welding so I could kind of move up through the ranks. Um, then once I got into the quality department, I gained a different mentor um, who was the quality manager of my first uh, quality um, inspector assignment. And he kind of mentored me through being a quality inspector and and the do's and the don'ts of being a quality inspector. And then again, uh, once I moved over to technical services, I gained another mentor. So I, I've had been very uh, fortunate to have several mentors throughout my career progression. And I think that that's what it takes for somebody to progress in their career as fast as I have. I think that's super impressive. Totally agree with you about the importance of that. Um, and is, you know, people that may not know about construction or choosing construction, um, how, how common do you think something like that is, is, 
the the mentorship and the guidance that that the construction industry can provide to people? I think it's extremely common, and I think it's so common that sometimes we don't even recognize it. I don't, I don't think that we talk about it enough. Maybe, uh, maybe we just don't document it enough uh, is the right term. But every day at work, I see uh, I see mentorships happening, whether it's thought of that way or not. I see people teaching other people, and I see people guiding uh, new employees at site. We call them short service workers, but I see people guiding these short service workers at site that have just hired in whether they've got experience in construction or they've been a 20-year tenure in construction, we're still guiding people um, and, and giving them the do's and the don'ts of different job sites or different positions in the field. So I think it happens all the time, and we just may not document it or talk about it enough. Yeah, I think there there's certain things about the construction industry I feel like we don't do enough to tout. We don't, we don't say that we're the industry that builds communities, that provides mentorship. What about teamwork? What about teamwork in the construction industry? Can you talk a little bit about that? Oh, you can't finish a construction site without teamwork. Um, let's just get down to the bare minimum on that. Um, it, you go to a job site and you've got 500 plus people working on a job site to try to build something that uh, engineering has put together for you. And there's, it just doesn't happen without teamwork. And that teamwork can be as small as a two-person crew working in this one designated area on this one task, or it can be as big as, um, you know, a hundred-person team coming together to knock out something a big, a bigger task. So, uh, teamwork happens um, every minute of every day on a construction site. Very cool. Very cool. I know, you know, people that aren't even familiar with construction sites, you think they'd be able to see that. Just it, it's so interesting watching the sites and watching the the people that are there. What about, so talking about these projects in your career, do you have any particular projects that really stand out in your head as like, this is one I will always remember? Yeah, so on, on the Blade project, um, we've got these, uh, the culture of act, care, courage, respect that we talk about every single day. Um, and we've bladeified all employees here, if you will. And, and I've taken that even into my personal life. Um, in different scenarios that I've, I've come in contact with outside of work and thought about the blade culture. And so this project really stands out for me in my career. Yeah, that's fabulous that, you know, and I, again, I just think there's so many aspects of construction that maybe people aren't familiar with. What about, you know, construction, choosing this industry as you did, what do you think this particular industry has afforded you to do or, or, uh, what you've been able to succeed in your life because you chose construction? You know, recently, about about three years ago, um, I bought 50 acres of land in Alabama, in my native state, and uh, with three-acre pond on it to stop. And I don't think that I would have been able to do that um, as early in my life as I did without the money that you make in construction, especially traveling um, for construction like I do. So that's the first and foremost. And then um, when buying that property, we were able to build a house on it and, you know, just build this outstanding outdoor living area and definitely would not have been able to do that without making the money that I make um, traveling for the industrial construction industry. Um, Also, too, in traveling for this industry, I've been able to go around and work in different areas and different states and experience all kinds of different cultures. Um, so that's been really neat to experience as well as 
meeting all kinds of different people. So I've got uh, friends that I've worked with on this project that I'm on now that I haven't seen since my first construction project in 2009. And we've just now uh, seen each other for the first time in over 12 years. And it's been really neat to reconnect with those people. So it's almost like you've got family away from home uh, is the feel that you have whenever you go on these different job sites and, and make those connections with people. Yeah, that's awesome. That's And it's awesome, like you said, that you've been able to travel and experience so many different things. A lot of times you get a job and you have to stay in one place and you don't get that chance. So that's incredible. So you, Holly, I know that you didn't uh, say this in your career path, but were the first female winner of the ABC, the Associated Builders and Contractors National Craft Championship in their welding category. How was that when you were able to win that? Tell us a little bit about it. I tell you, that was probably um, one of the most pivotal moments of my career was that exposure um, to that competition. Just just being there was pivotal for me. But uh, winning the gold medal um, in that competition is, has been and still to this day is the most pivotal moment in my career. It really put my name on the map in this industry as as a viable employee that can that can go and do big things in this industry. Um, and that I will always hold. Uh, that competition and that gold medal pretty close to my heart. Yeah, that was such that was such an amazing a moment for everyone for you to be able to accomplish that. And you know, I just when you think about women in this industry and how much success they're able to have, it's just how do we get more women to understand the opportunities here? I was looking at some stats recently about fifty one percent of the population are women. More women are graduating with four year degrees but yet only two and a half to 3% of the construction industry on the field side for the crafts are made up of women. And so how do we change that? What do we need to do? I think this is probably one of the, the hardest questions that we all as an industry, as a group have in front of us. Um, I don't know that whenever I was coming through school, that I even understood the opportunities that were available to me um, in the construction industry, traveling especially um, at all. At, as coming through welding school, the only opportunities that I can remember being put in front of me were like at uh, local fabrication shops that were paying 12 to $14 an hour starting out, depending on, on how good you could weld. Um, I didn't even know anything about industrial construction coming through. Uh, and I'm not sure that that has changed much. I know that there's been a lot of focus on trying to get industry talking to, to community colleges or trade schools. And I think that that's changed a lot since I came through trade school. But I still think that we could do a better job as a group of throwing those opportunities um, out there for young females to see even as early as middle school and ninth grade. Um, so that they can kind of see there are different options for you out there, except besides the the traditional four year degree. When you when you first started, how many of the people you were working around were females? When you first started at KBR, got your first structural welding job that you talked about. I think on that first job, there was close to three hundred people total on the job site, and that was at peak manpower. And I would venture to say that less than 40 of those were females and probably probably 30 of those 40 uh, were females that worked in the office. So I didn't see much female presence in the field um, in a trade position. 
um, there were a couple that I can remember that were journey, journey level people, um, in the carpenter group. Um, but there were, the rest of them were probably, uh, fire watches or hole watches for confined space. So I don't remember there being more than about a handful or so of females in journey level positions on that, um, that job site. Yeah. It's so interesting that you say that, you know, you saying that you've been in the industry for 13 years and I don't know that we've moved the needle much in that area. There's still a lot of work to do. Um, what do you think needs, is the, are there particular things that contractors need to do or management level needs to do in order to better accommodate women, better attract women? I think that, um, I think that I've seen a shift in the needle when it comes to job sites um, being more set up to accommodate women. Just as something as small as having, um, you know, the, the porticans that we have in different areas of the job site, something as small as having designated female porticans in areas goes a long way. And I've seen a big change uh, on facilities such as that happen over the course of my career to accommodate females better. Um, obviously, I think that the construction industry as a whole, um, management of construction needs to get out there and put their face out there more um, with these younger, younger kids coming through school to kind of show them the opportunities that are available. It's one thing for, you know, an organization to go and talk about it um, that is not a constructor that's actually in the field working. And it's a completely different thing for management of a construction company to go and talk to those females about um, opportunities. And in doing that, you can't take um, a male in that industry and go talk to those females and expect that you're going to get anything out of them. You've got to take a female that can go and talk about their experiences and kind of talk on a more personable level to other females uh, if you want to try to attract them to the industry. Yeah, absolutely. I totally agree with you. People want to know that there's other people like them in a particular career. Um, so what advice would you give if you had the opportunity to talk to some, some young girls that are in middle school or high school? Is there anything particular that you would tell them? Yeah, for, for younger females that maybe don't know what they want to do for their career um, or are still weighing their options, the best thing to do is to go find somebody that has been doing what you think you want to do and just go talk to them. And ask your parents to reach out to local uh, the local workforce and, and find somebody that is doing what you think you want to do and go talk to them and have a conversation. There's um, numerous opportunities. I know in the town that I grew up in, the community college has workshops in the summer uh, and anybody is eligible to go. And it's um, they do building workshops or welding workshops. And you can go and just take the workshop. And if you like it, you can continue your education in that, that field. If you don't like it, then, hey, what, you know, you spent one summer, eight week, an eight-week class finding out that you don't like what you thought you might like. So it never hurts to go take workshops and it never hurts to reach out to people that are in the industry and just have a conversation with them about uh, their daily um, tasks that they do in their field, just to see if you might like it. I really like that. That's such a fabulous idea for the summertime for people to go and try out different things, get in there, immerse themselves, because it could happen just like you said, you walked into that welding shop, you got to strike your first arc and everything changed right there. So I love the idea of community colleges doing that. So I think that's great advice for women, young, young girls, for parents to get out there and see if there's something at their local level that they can do. So 
that's fabulous. Well, is there anything else that that you want to say? Um, finishing this up, you know, especially like I said, talking about women in construction and young girls, um, whether it's to parents or them or contractors. I'm just going to reiterate the the biggest thing that you can do for yourself in life is to find something you're passionate about and make a career out of it. Um, I can't stress the importance of that enough. Um, just going back in my my experience in college, I thought that I wanted to do robotics. I thought that I wanted to go and program robots in a manufacturing setting to make cars on an assembly line. And I found out quickly in my last semester that what I thought I was passionate about, I wasn't. And it's because I was exposed to something different uh, that I became passionate about. So find something you're passionate about and make a career out of it. Find people uh, in different areas that you think you like and go talk to them about what they do for work and job opportunities that would be available to you if you went that route. Um, you never know. You may, you may find somebody one day that uh, tells you what they do and you may become passionate about that and they make it offer you a job later on after you get out of school. So find something you're passionate about, make a career out of it. Go find people to talk to uh, and, and ask questions about what they do every day. Yeah, I think that's, I think you're absolutely right. It's that curiosity and it's that opportunity to explore and I didn't ask you, were there, at the high school that you went to, were there career and technical education programs there that had welding or anything? Yeah, at the high school I went to, there were opportunities to do dual enrollment and take uh, community college classes as well. Um, I did that, but I took my English classes so that I wouldn't have to take English outside of high school because English was my least favorite subject. <laughs> but I could have taken, um, I could have taken any kind of trade classes that were offered as well through that dual enrollment program. Yeah, I think that that's more and more, you know, we've talked recently to some people about how important that is in dual enrollment and exposing students. So I think that's a great, that's a great thing for students to get into. But I really appreciate you talking to us today. Today, I love all the success that you've had in this industry and that you've had such a diverse career path with everything from structural welding on projects to move yourself all the way up to um, the technical professional leadership. So Congratulations on everything you're able to do. And we hope to see more from Holly Thomas in the future. Thank you. It's been awesome talking to you today. Yeah, you too, Holly. Thank you again, Holly Thomas. And join us next Monday for the next episode of The Builder's Table.